Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wrestling Daft presents The Daft Sheets. You know, they say that all wrestling podcasts are created equal, but you look at the daft sheet and you look at some other scrub shows and you can see that that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestling podcast, you get a 50-50 chance of winning. But we, the daft sheet, we're genetic freaks and we're no normal. So you get a 25% at best at beating us. Then you add the main wrestling daft show to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, you've got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But we, we've got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because we're in cahoots with Ab and Grado and John and they're not even going to try. So other wrestling podcasts, you take your 33 and a third chance minus our 25% chance and you've got an eight and a third chance of beating us. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-third percent, I've got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning. The numbers don't lie. And they spell disaster for you if you don't listen to this week's episode of The Daft Sheet. Folks, welcome to episode three of The Daft Sheet. Thank you to Scott Steiner for his inspiration uh, for this week's introduction. I am joined by Craig DL. Good evening. How are we doing? No bad. And Stephen Loach. Evening. That was a superb uh, intro. Uh, Was that rehearsed? Uh, it was uh, scripted. It was scripted. It was off, off the, on, it was off the cuff. You made it up on the spot. Come on, on the spot, on the spot. Uh, no, uh, I was trying to think of something to equal the the Holly Willoughby intro from last week, and my my brain is still somewhere in parts of Berlin uh, from the stag do I was on at the weekend, so I couldn't come up with anything particularly original. But I thought that would be a good way of coming in to celebrate the fact that we're coming back for the third episode of the daft sheet by all for all intents and purposes. As far as I'm aware, they're still getting a decent listenership. Nice. John hasn't turned out, John hasn't turned around and told us yeah. to get to fuck as yet. So still plenty of time. We're at the hunt the Hogan Andre uh, uh, portion of the of the podcast. So this is the big one. This is the Pontiac. This, this, the Pontiac this, the, the slam heard around the pod heard around the world. <laughs> that's, that's well, I think well, I mean, we got away. Was it the? It was either the pilot or the first episode where we were talking about Joseph Fritzel. Last week we were talking about Savile and uh, Philip Schofield, I think. So, uh, you know, this, this could be the this could be the one. This could be the one that does us. Um, but if you're, you're new to listening, or if you have listened before, here is the the usual pattern. So, I play editor of the Daft Sheet. My name is Chris Jack. For those of you that don't know. And Stephen and Craig here are going to compete to see who can fill the front page, the back page, page the the telly pages uh, of the the daft sheet as well. And in lieu of not having a horoscope like we did last week uh, or a dear dafty like the week before, we're going to have a game of wrestling wordle, which might prove to be the tiebreaker to see who who basically wins this week's daft sheet. Uh, we also have an interview as part of this week's show again uh, in the centrefold. And this week I have spoken with the lovely, the sweetheart, 
that is uh, Mr. Tom Campbell from Cultaholic. So if you can't be bothered with our pish, uh, just <laughs> skip forward to about 20 minutes in and you'll hear a, a lovely chat with Tom about everything that he does at Cultaholic. Uh, but we will get cracking on uh, as we look to fill the front page of this week's staff sheet. And I am going to come to you first, Stephen Loach. Stephen, what is your pick to be the front page of this week's daft sheet? Oh, it's got to be easily the best match of last week. Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland from AEW Dynamite for the AEW International Championship. Great, Is this great, your front page match. or back page, Steve? Oh, sorry. I've read it wrong way around. Apologies. Come on, we've, we've got a format uh, to keep to, Steve. We've got a format <laughs> to keep to here. Deduct a point. Deduct a point. Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was too eager to talk about the match. No, um, uh, apologies. Um, it is actually the, uh, the new... WWE Women's World Championship awarded to, not awarded to Rhea Ripley, she's already the champion, but get provided to Rhea Ripley. It's an absolute beezer of a title. It is essentially just the men's title, the one that Rollins holds, with a white belt instead of the, the black, but something looks better. An absolute belter. And I like that we're fine, the women are finally getting a distinction of their belts, because I think Rhea's is known as the World Championship and Asuka's is just the WWE Women's Championship. I, I never liked how one was the Raw's uh, Women's Championship and the SmackDown Women's Championship. It cheapened it in some way. It made it feel less than what the men's were. The men's had stronger titles. They were just known as the World Championship or the Universal Championship. Now the women are finally getting that kind of equal billing. And also, because they're now distinctly different-looking belts as well, that makes it a great touch as well. It's it's certainly been you know a, a time I think the 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 marketing guys at WWE you know you know there's a, a lot of stuff going on they're making a lot of money and getting new belts mm-hmm. uh, off the conveyor belt and and out on a WWE shop and whatnot uh, it's a good time for them just now and off the back of uh, you know uh, Roman's new belt Seth's new belt uh, it just makes sense really that the the women are going to get a portion mm-hmm. of that as well. I mean, do you think it was something that was? I know I know you've said that you know they, they look a lot better than the, the previous incarnations and whatnot. But do you think, Steve, it was something that was necessary at this point? I think so. Yeah, I think they they needed to get away from that the the, the show branding and start a. Uh, pushing the women's titles more to be to mean something like i said i always didn't i never really liked the the raw uh, the, the raw women's championship and the smackdown women's championship it felt it felt very convoluted it diluted it in in some way and also they it didn't really matter because if when they were never done the draft the women's champion always seemed to change so they would just swap belts and that and that cheapened it as well so now we've got a a, a distinction and you've mentioned as well, like the the merchandising, and it, it's a good way of punting more uh, belts out. Uh, I'm not against that either. I think that's good. I think that um, they've got to, they've obviously got to keep their toy makers and all that happy, their retailers happy. So they need to get more um, stuff punted out there to, uh, to do it more. So it makes it makes good business sense as as well. And I think as well, it's it's good for Rhea Ripley as well that she gets to be the first holder of that incarnation of the belt. It's something that really will help her uh, help her legacy further down the line as well. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, one of the belts is going to be carrying the 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 Raw 
legacy and one I think is the, the, the SmackDown legacy on there, although they're not going to be specifically called that by name. Um, do you think that there's anything different that the the powers that be at WWE are going to do now with uh, the tag belts? You know, are they going to, you know, really is, is it, so. does it still make sense for for uh, Owens and Zayn to be carrying around the, the blue and the red belts now that, that every, uh, the other ones have gone? Not really, and I really wanted me to do some of the tag belts in quick because I've never liked them. They've looked very, just very plain looking. Um, bring bring back the old belts, that's what they should do. Ah, you bring like, back the old I, 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 90s, you know, like you, you remember like the Nasty Boys and all those kind aye. of oh, that, they kind of belts. You always see that in you always see that in like Facebook uh, posts like what was your favourite WWE title belt and the, the the old tag belt, the golden era tag belt was one that's always pops up with, with hardcore fans. Another one I loved was um, the NXT UK tag belt. That mm. was an absolute beauty. I wanted to bring something like that up. Now, there's a, there's certainly a, you know a, a whole host of ones you can you can browse on WWE Shop. And now there's a, a few guys I know from over here in Belfast that are big belt collectors and uh, you know they're, they're not shy of bringing them to uh, to local wrestling shows because I think it, some of them genuinely do believe that if you do turn up at a, a live wrestling show with a belt, you need you know you get a shot at defending it. Um, <laughs> But it's it's very rare that I think anyone would actually step up to the the challenge with that. As uh, it. <laughs> it's it's still the a lot of them. And again, you know, it's just like I know, you know, I've had conversations with you guys in different podcasts before about you know the uh, the the green t shirt guy that goes to all the the wrestling shows and stuff, uh, whatever they are. You know, you need to have you must have some amount of you know disposable income to be coming in to be purchasing all these new belts right. uh, that, that propensity as well you know there's been a couple of things I've seen in TikTok this week and on Instagram of you know toy collectors and, and whatnot, and, and seeing the, the amount of money that they spend on their, their wee man caves uh, that have kitted out there was a boy who bought, bought the the new Ric Flair uh, belt and it comes in like a massive diamond-shaped box, and you get the, uh, a replica WrestleMania 27 robe with it, and all that. And like, you never said how much he spent on it, but it just it's it's a massive thing for the the the. the I was going to say the collector dumb. Is that okay. what you call it? I'll give you an answer. He gave an arm and a leg. That's what he gave. If you, mm. <laughs> I'll need to cut one of the sleeves off the robe. <laughs> I was just going to say, because like, he, he might have cost an arm and a leg, but I know that if I turned up with that to the house to say, look at what I got, I'd, I'd be missing my balls because my wife would just put them right out of my side. I'd be well gone Aye. for spending that kind of money. Do you know what I mean? What would Elaine do to you, Chris, if you turned up and said, yeah, good news, I've just bought this? Uh, oh no, I'd I'd boot the door. I'd boot the door. Uh, but at least I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have a nice big rope. You'd have a nice big rope to keep you warm in the streets. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's it. And and the, the size of the box that that, that flare one came in, I could probably live in it for the wee while as well. Uh, so so yeah, that's a, that's a good good opening gambit there for me, Steve, uh, for the the new women's title belts being on the front page. But Craig, can your story best that? Oh, I don't know whether I don't know whether best it. It's probably going to bring the mood down a wee bit, you know what I mean? Because we started off in high spirits, and I'm just going to turn around and say that you know. The, Usually, I'm the negative one. I think I think the, <laughs> the, the, the biggest uh, the biggest bit of news this week was obviously, in my opinion, was uh, the Iron Sheik 
passing away. Um, legitimate tough guy, I think. He left, in a, <laughs> he left a, a bit of a mark on wrestling, not only in the ring, but in his latter years, he was just an absolute menace on Twitter, wasn't he? Like, he would just yep. come out. You could tell when he'd had a few bevies because he was like, all right, here we go. And he started calling people out and he just started saying stuff that, you know, it was very, very controversial and he made claims about, wild claims about himself and he, he provided a lot of entertainment outside of the ring uh, with his rants. But I had a wee look back at his career because obviously you get there you get the, the statements coming out about what he did and, and stuff like that. And, you know, when you actually look back at it, if there was no Iron Sheik, there was no Hulk Hogan and there was no Hulkamania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's no underestimating the actual impact that he had. You know, like when we were getting into wrestling and we were growing up, all he was was just this, you know, he was a madcap foreigner playing up to the, the sort of stereotypes with... um the Colonel and uh, Sergeant Slaughter, and he, he wore the daft pointy shoes to the ring. That's all he was. Do you know what I mean? That's all that we would view him as. But when you go a wee bit further back and you realise that, you know, he eventually ended Bob Backlund's reign as WWF champion. Yeah. Um, and if he, he, he then reigned for a year, and if he didn't do that, we wouldn't have got to fight Hogan, which wouldn't have gave birth to Hulkamania, which was a massive pivotal point in the uh, in, in that era. era. So, yeah, like... Um, I noticed that he won the first ever Battle Royale as well at Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden. Didn't know that. Um, and, and yeah, you know, like winning the belt, he's still the only sort of Iranian person to to win the belt to this day, to win the WWF belt. And then in more recent times, uh, you know, the, the WrestleMania 17 gimmick Battle Royale, um, <laughs> where he, he took about 10 years to walk to the ring because he, cause he was, was fucked. It was, I think it's a medical term for it. Um but he, that was the, the, the famous uh, Bobby. He- it was the famous Bobby <laughs> Heenan line. He will still be making his entrance at WrestleMania 37. And the, 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 yes. I think it was it was either it either was WrestleMania 37 or the day after, where they actually had him backstage as well, just just for that wee Easter yeah. egg, just for the crack. Aye, and, you um, know they had to, they had to book him to win it because his, his knees were so done in, he couldn't manoeuvre to go to go over the top rope. So they had to book him to win <laughs> the battle. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. That's that's like, but I mean, he he's probably came in with his sort of personality and been like, "There is no way the sheet loses, Bubba. Get me booked to win this, you know." That's so like, for me, Bubba. Yeah, but like, look, he 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 won the battle royale, and see when you go back and watch it, which which I did, I went back and watched it, and obviously it's an absolute clusterfuck for want of a better word. It's just that little bit of nostalgia which features quite heavily in my uh, in some of my picks this week, the, the nostalgia aspect because. Um, but when you watch it back, like when he wins, he actually gets cheered by the crowd. Do you know what I mean? And he, and he, and yeah. he laps it up. And it's probably quite one of these quite sort of fitting things for, I'd imagine, a guy like him where he's like, do you know what? That's, I'm finally getting recognised. Because he did have a bit of a chip in his shoulder um, about, you know, the impact that he had. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't realise to the extent with the impact that he'd had, you know. So, um, yeah, that's my sort of front page story this week. The, um, mm-hmm. the, the passing of the Iron Sheik. Yep, and obviously we pass on our condolences to all his friends and family affected by the, the death of him. Uh, and I think that is, you know, as you mentioned there in the, in the wee potty test that you put together there, Craig, it had such a massive impact on on the, the sort of the 80s and 90s wrestling, you know, at the, the height of the, the Gulf War and things like that. You know, it was, it was a real heat magnet. Uh, and you can see that, you know, wrestling still hasn't deviated away from that, you know, be fearful of the foreigner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
WWE, I mean, they've they've done it, you know, forever uh, since then. Most recently, you know, with the the Gunter stuff. And again, they're they're still not very subtle with it. You know, there's ways that you can portray a, a foreign menace without being completely offensive. And I think WWE are starting to be a wee bit less offensive with Gunter, uh, but they, they're still prone to the, the odd uh, sort of Nazi propaganda stuff and and whatnot. So hopefully, I. Uh, Gunter can take uh, a bit of inspiration from the way that the Iron Sheik was and the Iron Sheik dealt with being that foreign menace as he continues his, his IC title reign as well. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, on the basis of that, I think deal, I think I am going to go with uh, Shaky Baby going on the front page and in line with uh, with the way that they love to take to social media, the headline for this will be Fuck the Grim Reaper Jabroni in the ass. Uh, that'll be that'll be the that'll be the the headline. I think for that can, one. Uh, can I talk like one off just quickly? One off thinking about Iron Sheik. To sum up, what a badass he was for two years. He was the the bodyguard of the Shah of Iran. This is a guy that had like uh, the fucking uh, what you call him, the Mujahideen, which would later become the Taliban, chasing after him, and like and, and Sheik was his main bodyguard. That's that's one of them stories that it's you, it's believable but unbelievable at the same time. Like yeah. uh, like Bin Laden being an Arsenal fan, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's like one of them things. You can just uh, imagine him at Old Highbury uh, before they <laughs> plotted nine uh, nine eleven. Right, move on. Uh, <laughs> So uh, we will move on to the the back pages uh, where we look for the best wrestling match to adorn the the, the top of the the sports pages. Uh, I will come to you first on this one, Craig. I think I know what Steve's going to talk about. Just have a wee bit of hunch. <laughs> well, <I> but Craig, <laughs> Craig, uh, we'll come to you first. Please, your match of the week, Bean. See, see before I go into the match, right? Like, and this is this is me just going out on a. This might sound a bit controversial, but I thought. Every single match this week was absolute fucking guff. Like, I felt <laughs> as if the writers, and to some extent some of the wrestlers, had just fucking given up. They were just like, you know what? It was too hot outside. It's too hot to think <laughs> about it. And I'm just going to sit here and have a beer and just serve up everything and anything. Because, like, there were some matches where you were looking and thinking, these could be quite good. And when you watched them, they were like fives and six out of tens at best. So for me... Mm. The, the only thing that I could think of that mustered, like, a, you have to go back and watch this, you know, because like, you're normally having, like, one or two for WWE and one or two for AEW and then one or two for other sources where you can actually sit and go, oh, it's a bit close, so you have to watch this. The only one that I think that people should go back and watch is probably, um, as, as Wade Barrett called him, um, Austin Theory versus Prince Harry. Um <laughs> he, he referred to Jey Uso as Prince Harry. <laughs> he's he's oh, betrayal of the thing. So I can't believe nobody's made that connection yet. <laughs> so so yeah, so like Wade Barrett called him in commentary. Like um yeah, he called him Prince Harry, but you know, I don't know what was going through his head there. But yeah, I thought that the Jey Uso versus Austin Theory match, and I think it, it stemmed from the, the promo at the start of the night that built that match and I think that they're starting to now put the likes of Austin Theory into these main event slots to see how he handles. Similar to, like I said last week, with like Gunther against against people. Yeah. They're putting Austin Theory in with a tried and trusted hand, like Jey Uso, to see how he performs, to see how the crowd reacts, to see what he can put together. Um, and, you know, if you, if you haven't watched it, it is a decent match, but it was just, it did a lot to sort of further... The, the, the bloodline storyline and, and it reaffirmed that you know Roman Reigns doesn't need to be on TV every week 
to mm-hmm. to draw that in. And there's so many sort of subplots, uh, subplots, sorry, um, that they can utilise within that um, within that storyline. You know, um, the opening segment provided everybody with a cliffhanger that created anticipation, um, and that's what this match did as well. Because you know, Jimmy Uso obviously attempts to save his brother, super kicks him, Austin Theory retains again, and most recently, it seems like Austin Theory is getting portrayed as this opportunistic type person, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not too dissimilar to what HBK was in the 90s. And I know that's going to be sort of controversial comparing Austin Theory to Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest that ever lived. But when Shawn Michaels was the Intercontinental Champion, he was always escaping with the title. He was always capitalising on that mistake of the opponents or capitalising that opportunity. So I think that they're doing something similar with Theory to really build them up since he's been repackaged. Um, I mean, you look at the amount of three-ways and multi-man matches that Theory's defended his title in as well. So they're obviously trying to protect him that wee bit. Uh, And then, you know, if if it's, you know, miscommunication between two other guys and he he picks the bones, then it's a good way of keeping him winning, looking like a a shit heel, but without, without, you know, uh, without taking too much uh, heat for it as well. Aye. And it was, do you know what? It was chaos with a finish. Um, oh, what was it? Pat Patterson used to say that the if you watch back the WWE twenty four stuff, and the crowd will go nut. Um, you know, like, <laughs> uh, they, they basically the crowd did eat up for this match. They, they went mental and they really enjoyed the finish, which was you know pretty deadly. Comes in interferes on behalf of Theory. Jimmy Uso makes a save. Sokoa interrupts. Brawl. Jimmy nails Jay with the super kick and Theory scores the win. But it, again, I like that job they left and she's you, you snuck in there with Jimmy Neal. Oh, I enjoyed <laughs> that. that, that was... <laughs> uh, I went to see Sam Fender on Saturday night, sideway, but um, he was no Jimmy Neal, tell you that much. You know, I much prefer listening to Jimmy Neal over Sam Fender. Um, but yeah, so, so Jay, you know, by, by the end of it, I guess Jay was left in that little bit of uncertainty, not sure who to trust, where he pledges allegiance to, and it's probably setting up a really good segment coming up in the next week or two uh, with regards to the Bloodline saga. So, yeah. The match was solid, so go back and watch it. Fans' reaction to um, Jay Uso suggests that we're, we're going to get a lot of main event Jay in the future. Um, he was calling himself the right hand man during his promos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, when he finally turns on Reigns, the fans are going to have a, a real, real hot baby face that could potentially mirror Seth Rollins, in my opinion. I think that's going to be the wild card show of the year. Awesome. Now, I will need to go back and watch that because I've, I've not seen any wrestling over the weekend because uh, I am piss poor at my job as a, a wrestling journalist. Uh, but... so, sorry, that... Gredo gets away with it. True. Oh, I'll take that. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that. Uh, but uh, one match that I did see uh, over the, the weekend I th- or before uh, I flew out to Berlin at Stupid O'Clock on Friday morning uh, was, I think, the one that you're going to talk about, Steve. So if you can enlighten us as to what your pick for the back page would be. Um, well, it's, as I've already mentioned, it's, it's uh, Orange Cassidy versus Swerve Strickland. I wasn't uh, expecting that. <laughs> no? Oh, that's just <laughs> came out of the blue, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's um really, really good back and forth uh, match. Some really cool spots. And um, I'm just really happy for, for both of them because they're both guys that Really are popular and we're really well liked, but still all have a point to prove. But they really mash, uh, mesh well with, uh, with each other. I really hope that we see them 
further down the line do it, uh, do it again. Um, now, I have got a confession, mate. I've never actually been a big Orange Cassidy guy. I'd, early on, I never really got it. Like, people were like, super hot for this guy. Like, I get he was something new and he, pre- he presented something different, but I was kind of going, I'm not getting this. I don't really get what this guy's about. But during this title run uh, that he's won with the international title, I'm seeing it. It's. I know this, is a con- this might be a controversial statement to make. I think he's currently the best babyface wrestler in the world because he, he sells him brilliantly and he makes the perfect uh, comeback as well. And each and every time he does it, the whole crowd is on his side. Uh, there's, there's, there's not been an Orange Cassidy match that I can remember seeing where the crowd looks bored. Everybody's in it. Mm. Everybody's in it. Um, and Swerve, sorry. No, on you go, on you go. Sorry. I was going to say, and I think Swerve was a great dance partner for him. They, they really complement each other. Swerve is one of these uh, these heels who kind of he doesn't need go out his way. He doesn't even look for cheap. He, he just he just makes himself a prick in the ring, and he um, and he's got those kind of those great facial expressions, similar to what M- MGF does. That just makes you hate him, uh, and it, it and it really works well. I think what what impresses me the most about the two of them is that you know Cassidy's been on this massive run. I think that's twenty four defenses Aye. he's had of the international title since winning it. He's probably due to drop it any time. Well, he could have probably dropped it any time in the last last five six. Well, weeks I thought late. that was I was going to be it because yeah. it was because Swerve kicked out. Of the, the the beach break and the, the Superman's punch, and I'm going, oh shit! Thanks, Wells doing this. Mm-hmm. But the but the other great bit they've done is Orange actually cheated to retain. He held on to the tights. Yeah. Swell did it first, of course, but then Orange is had, uh, had to do it and he's had to pin him. So Swell's got is on good in a kayfabe sense on good grounds to get a rematch. And they could also say that Orange is starting to get a bit desperate. That he's starting to kind of lose it a wee bit, he's had to kind of resort to cheating to keep a hold of it, so there's a good kind of selling point there. There, there definitely is, and I think as well, you know, it's the the way that they, they've built the, the Orange Cassidy character over the last week, I mean, he's, he's held together with, with sellotape and spunk right now, like, he's just, <laughs> he's, he's falling apart, he is, he's, he's injured, he's, he's well, uh, sorry, know, too far. Chuck, Ta- Chuck Taylor's maybe, <laughs> um, but the, you know, he's, He's had the back injuries, the shoulder injuries, get the hand injury, they know that kind of thing. Uh, and just like uh, Craig was saying about uh, Austin Theory, uh, in terms of always finding a way to win, his matches, Cassidy's doing that, but maybe to, to a higher standard. In that, you know, he's he's been crafty. I mean, you 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 say you know he, he cheated to pull the tights, mm. but I, I would I would say it was crafty and it worked well with the story. Because he'd given everything, he'd given the beach break, he'd given the uh, the the Superman punch, he'd, he'd done everything that he could, and it hadn't worked. And then it, just like in the, uh, the the Battle Royal, we swerved the other week there as well. You know, uh, they were fighting in the apron, and instead of going for a big move, he just kicks kicks his hand and he falls off. Aye. You know, just something simple, something like that. Uh, so, so no, I, I, I'm a big fan of what, what they're doing with Orange Cassidy. But what I was, what I was going to say is, I wouldn't have been disappointed if Swerve had took the belt I never uh, on Wednesday. Because then you've got the perfect amount of time to build a rematch at Wembley. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for Cassidy to go over and the crowd to go tits again because he that he's like the way that they've had him as pretty much the opener on every dynamite for like the last two months. Aye. A red hot opener at Wembley would be Orange Cassidy against whoever, whether that's, you know, whether it's Swerve, whether it's Osprey again, whoever that is that they're going to line up for. How many, how many times has he fought against Swerve? Not, not many. No, I, think, I think that not was many. the first proper one on one. They might have had did one do, about a year ago do... at Rampage or something. When is it? When is it that it went? Like, is it July? August. Late July. August. August. Did they end up doing? You know, does this what they what they did last Wednesday? Does that start like a best of seven? Could be series. But um, I mean, the, the, and they go back forward with your white your white hot opener at Wembley being they are deciding one they're three three. Whoever wins this wins uh, the title, yeah, and then right. Orange Cassidy drops the title in Wembley. The only thing is, is that is, I mean, is that your opener? The only thing is, surely God they're going to do something with Pack. And Pack had that Pack dropped the title to uh, to Cassidy, and Aye. Yeah, so it could, it could be an open challenge type thing yeah. of because he's he's been away that long that folk have forgot. I mean, you look at like Death Triangles, not a thing anymore. That's what it's Penta, uh, Penta Phoenix, Phoenix and, and uh, Bandido. Band- no, uh, I didn't even realise that Pack was still going. Right, which been new? I thought he'd went. No, it's just, he's, he's constantly get visa issues. Like that, that, that's, that, that's why you kept seeing him in uh, Home Bargains. Home Bargains. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. Like, looking, this guy wearing a mad hoodie and a pair of glasses. I was like, that's, that's, that's Neville. He's <laughs> looking at a bin in Home Bargains. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah. That was when he was, uh, that was when he was in his contract dispute with WWF. Madness, man. Well, he, he, even international superstars need places uh, to put their, their empty uh, protein bottles, I suppose. <laughs> right, we will move on. I think I'm going to go back page, back page, back page, purely because it's the only, pretty much the only wrestling match that I saw this week. Steve, I am going to go with Orange crushes it again against Swerve uh, with the, the match for the international title. So you get the back page Thank on you. this one, Steve. So you guys can go and powder your noses or, uh, like myself, powder my balls with talc because it is absolutely roasting in this room. Uh, and the most do so. the Scottish, yeah, Scottish weather's ever been. Yep, it is absolutely roasting. Red Hot, just like the chat that everyone's going to listen to here with Mr. Tom Campbell from Cultaholic, where we talk his... Uh, involvement in, in wrestling, how he, he makes his living from it, how blessed he is to do so, and he's got some advice for anyone looking to get into commentary. So if anyone's listening that's, you know, maybe thinking about doing something with a local promotion to them, Tom has got some absolute belting advice. This week's guest on uh, the centrefold for the daft sheet is a friend of the Wrestling Daft main show. It's Mr. Tom Campbell from Cultaholic. Tom, how are you today? Centrefold. Wasn't that a song by the Jay Giles band? That's the one, isn't it? I like it. I like it. Straight in with the radio knowledge right off the bat. My blood uh, runs cold. My memory is just... Sorry, carry on. No, I don't think we'll get done for copyright on that. Uh, (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) I think we should be grand on that. 
But yeah, Tom, I have been a big, big fan of yours for a wee while. As I was mentioning off camera, I used to do a bit of wrestling myself. Uh, my uh, my gimmick was that I was a wannabe dirt sheet writer, and uh, my, my character would be, you know, instigating, you know, gossip and innuendo amongst the the locker room, that kind of thing. I had more nice. kind of like worked podcast, and when I was trying to develop the character. I actually spoke to Joe Hendry about it as well in another interview I was doing for something else. Uh, and he said that, you know, to find, uh, you know, a bit of inspiration for that other than the likes of Alan Partridge and Richard Maidley for being like buffoons and stuff like that. But to, you know, if you're putting out any promos and stuff like that, the, the guys to, to model on would be yourself and uh, a certain Mr. Miller from another parish. Oh, uh, wow. But, uh, well, that's, I'm very then, flattered that, that my name came up. That means a lot. Yep, and, and since then, you know, over the last sort of five five years that I've been uh, involved in the wrestling and getting more involved in the wrestling media side of things and whatnot, you know, watching yourself on the, the Cutlaholic podcasts uh, and seeing the sort of the, the positivity that you bring to the, the wrestling community uh, in, in the UK at times when it's maybe not been the most positive space to be in. Uh, it's been it's been quite refreshing to see. I mean, how how do you how do you respond to to being such a, a sort of a, a beacon of positivity amongst the the wrestling landscape at the minute? Uh, I, it's it's very flattering. It really is. Uh, I think let's not get it misconstrued. I have really dark days. <laughs> let's get that straight mm. out there. I think <laughs> it's easy to assume that oh, he's just happy all the time. I'm not. I'm a real person with with real feelings, and I am very mm-hmm. delighted. Though I am incredibly delighted that uh, that people look to me for somebody who, when they need a little bit of positive enforcement, because wrestling wrestling in general, I find is quite the, the fandom tends to be quite tribal and quite angry, and yeah, when you really break it down, and I've wrestling's been a part of me that's walked beside me for all my life, but when you truly break it down, it's just grown adults pretending to hit each other with some with yeah. soap opera storylines around it that's all it is and it's not worth losing friends over which wrestling company has the best t-shirt it's not worth losing friends over i think this wrestler's good and if you disagree then i'm never going to speak to you again and i'm going to publish your address on the internet so people can throw spanners at you it's not the way to go <laughs> it's rest- like the world itself is so heavy at the moment like we shouldn't be falling out in droves over you know which man pretended to hit the other man the best which which woman pretended to beat another woman the best or whatever we shouldn't uh, and wrestling's wrestling i love wrestling and this comes from someone who loves wrestling absolutely loves the bones of it it's it's a big part of my my life it's now you know but i've been blessed enough to say now it's part of my it pays my bills for doing yeah. stuff at cultaholic i'm over the moon with that uh, but i'm always grateful when people reach out and say like I was in a dark place and watching Cultaholic videos and watching your videos uh, brought me around from it. I'm very grateful for that. The one thing I, I do get a lot of people message me and this is a nice opportunity to nip this sort of in the bud. I get a lot of people who message me and say, uh, I'm in a dark place and bad things are happening. What do I do? And I will always point out, like I'm, I'll always reach out and I go, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm not a therapist. I'm not, I can't, you know, <laughs> the man on the internet can't, you know, you can't, expect the man of the internet to fix your problems but i can absolutely point you in the direction of professional outlets that have helped me because as i say i have dark days too and i've had therapy yeah. and i've gone through that process and i can absolutely point you in the direction of somewhere to go to start the journey in the same way that i did so your answer may not come from the man inside the computer but if that 
whoever that is, whether it is uh, Simon Miller, whether it, it is uh, Ollie Davis from WrestleTalk, whether it is any of us at Cultaholic, like the fact that we can do that is a great privilege. And I'm very, very honoured to, to be considered a, a beacon of positivity. Long may that remain. Long may that remain. Exactly. Now, you'd mentioned there, you know, that you, uh, you're lucky enough that... Uh, that- you know, working for Cultaholic uh, is you're, you're able to sort of make a, a living out of that and pay your bills. How does it feel, you know, being able to to use wrestling? You know, something that you, you've grown up loving, something that you've, you've obviously got a, a lot of time for. How does it feel to be making a, a living off of that? You know, doing a job that, you know, when you were growing up, pretty much didn't exist. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. I mean, I mean, I'll never give up my lifelong dream of, uh, of 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 working on a of, of painting light switches. No, it's amazing. Of course, it's amazing. I'm 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 incredibly blessed, and it all happened. It, it all happened when I was doing stuff for North Wrestling, which is a, a promotion based in Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, NorthWrestling.co.uk, Thunderstruck, July fifteenth, our biggest show ever at the Walker Dome. Go see it at NorthWrestling.co.uk for tickets. Uh, and it was working for them as a ring announcer <laughs> that uh, Adam Petiti and Jack the Jobber had come along to a show, uh, two of the uh, shareholders for Cultaholic. And we got chatting and oh, I saw them a few more times after that. And there ended up being an opportunity here to come and uh, to come and do stuff on camera, which came at the right time because I was uh, uh, there were big changes being made at the radio station I used to work for, and I was being uh, sent up the road. So it was an opportunity to to find a job that I to bounce into another job that I loved, and also stay in an area that I love. I moved up to Newcastle in 2015 from the West Midlands. And I absolutely love the bones off of living in the Northeast. Uh, we are uh, just mm-hmm. neighbours for yourself. And uh, I love being up this far up the country. I love the people here. So it gave me a chance to work in a, an area that I love and and stay in a city that I love, which is amazing. The big, there is a downside and I'm not going <laughs> to, I feel bad saying this because I know that as people who have, who'll get cross with me for for even questioning that a dream job that they want I have a I have a bad side to it but there is the bad side to it is because it's a passion because it's a hobby I don't switch off I yeah. am in work mode 24 7 I live on minimal sleep if something breaks at nine o'clock at night I will chances are I will be nearby enough to be able to create some content, put out an audio podcast. It was on Thursday just gone. Uh we or Wednesday just gone, sorry. I was I was I booked I was booked to do a radio show for Radio Newcastle and the Iron Sheik died. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, I was it wasn't to do with the show. Uh but the Iron Sheik passed away. Uh, a, a legend of wrestling, a Hall of Famer without doubt, somebody who has very much been a part of the fabric of wrestling for years. Mm. Decades and lives, uh, you know, and his presence very much felt through uh, the Twitter account that was run in his name. So it was, and 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 you realise then how much you live and breathe your job when you finish your radio show at ten p.m. But you're still in the studio just after midnight because you've taken your laptop and you're putting together uh, a, a tribute <laughs> to the Iron Sheik uh, with clips from the network that have been sourced at, at breakneck speed in order to bring it together for the next morning. I uh I I'm getting married next year. Uh my congratulations my fiance. Thank you. Uh she might disagree. Uh my fiance <laughs> uh bless her. She copes so much with the fact that my job isn't a 9 to 5. It isn't a straightforward mm. 9 to 5 gig. So it does mean working random hours, but it comes because like I love the job that I do so much and it 
wrestling doesn't stop when when I clock off. There's always yeah. things that are happening, and I've got a burning passion to do stuff and to make things happen. You know, and and so it's it never stops. And the best thing I can do is for anybody that's wanting to find their way in that world is to try and get the balance right early. But to add to to, to come back to the original question, inc- I'm incredibly. I was, I say lucky, but I also I I believe like I'm lucky to have been geographically where they need me to be for this yeah, job. Absolutely, yeah. but um, I'm not lucky in the sense that I don't think I've earned this job without sounding mm-hmm. too arrogant. I think I'm I'm quite good at what I do, and and and, and there's a lot of skills that I've taken from previous jobs that I've brought here, like I'm from a background of of, of announcing and presenting and broadcasting. Uh, I think that I've been. Uh, a handy addition to people here who love wrestling and l- want to learn more about the broadcasting side of things and, and hitting those certain notes. So uh, I'm very lucky to be here, but I, I very much work hard when I'm here as well. Coming down to you know one of the other questions I was going to ask you there, you, you said that you got involved with Cutlerholic off the back of your, your work with North Wrestling. For anyone that is looking to get into the sort of the commentary side of things with the like local promotions and and whatnot, what would be the sort of the, the best advice you would you would pass on to them in terms of of getting noticed or getting involved with the, the local companies? In terms of getting noticed as a commentator, um, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to not being backwards about coming forwards a lot of Mm. people that i speak to a lot of people reach out to me and say i'd like to get on in commentating what do i need to do i will often say the big thing is to approach companies don't be a shrinking violet don't just think that they might come up and ask you maybe on the off chance do you want to do some have a have some have a body of work this can ease if you're not a commentator currently the best way to get a body of work is find some matches online maybe matches for the promotion that you want to work for and put commentary Mm -hmm. over the top of it and 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 show it to them as to what you can offer them ask for advice and then learn from the advice i've had people come to me and say can you listen to this uh, commentary that i've done and tell me what you think and i will and and i won't i won't give advice unless i'm asked to i don't give unsolicited advice I think sometimes people expect me to, but I don't. I don't give unsolicited advice. If someone says to me, tell me what you think of this, I'll be very honest. I see a lot of people who fall into the same pitfalls when it comes to commentary etiquette, and I will always Mm. inform them as to what they do well and what they could do better at. 90% of the emails that I get from people after I give them advice, I never hear from them again. And they never really do anything with that advice. I don't know whether sometimes there's people who just want somebody to say they're good. And I yeah. respect that. We're all, you know, we're, you know, we're all human at the end of the day and we'll go through stuff. But like, if somebody wants to send me something, don't just do it thinking, oh, I want Tom to tell me I'm good. I will mm-hmm. give you an honest, honest opinion. And there'll be st- and I guarantee there'll be stuff that you do really well. And there'll be stuff that you do not so well. I'm the same. I'm always learning. I'm I every time I sit and do commentary, I'll always go, I did that well, I didn't do that well. It's a learning thing, but you have to then take that advice and put it into action rather than just going, ah, oh, 
I can't be bothered. That's the thing. It's all about it's all about getting that stuff. But the, you begin you begin by making that stuff and getting feedback from people nearby, and then approach promotions that you like the work of. You know, ones that you maybe have stuff online which hasn't got commentary on, and offer your services there, and and, and just take it one step at a time. You won't go. You know, you you won't get WWE knocking on your door because you upload a YouTube video. That's not how it works. You have to do a lot of the door knocking yourself. You have to do all yeah. the door knocking yourself. That will never change. You always have to thump down doors. Vader Scott is one of the most talked about commentators right now because they are currently working for so many different promotions. And the reason they're working for so many promotions is because, one, they're very, very good. And also, mm-hmm. they... They're asking the questions. They're, going, they're, they're, they're making the right sort of contacts and saying, this is what I do. Can I get involved? And that is why we are seeing more and more of Vader because she's bloody good. And she, she pushes herself out there. They, they push themselves out there. They are, um, they're incredible. I'm very blessed to work with Vader Scott. Uh, we're at North Wrestling. We did our first show together just last month. And mm-hmm. I think they're fantastic. And I've always enjoyed the work of Vader Scott. And... And and a big part of the reason that Vader's had so much success is because Vader's put herself out there more. You have to put yourself out there. I'm sorry that if you want to be a commentator and you are shy, I'm very sorry because those two do not go hand in hand very well. If you are someone yeah. who feels uncomfortable approaching potential employers and talking about how great you are but you want to be a commentator i'm very sorry because those two simply will not mash you've got to have a little you know it's it's i get i hear imposter syndrome i get it i've had it myself over the years i've got you know i'm less of that now as i'm a bit older but certainly i've been there i have been there but it's all got to come from you and it's nobody will nobody will do it for you nobody will do it for you i'll say it to people if anybody's that's anybody that's listening that generally genuinely is like i want to be a commentator and i just i just want someone to listen to my stuff and give me genuine advice then email me tom.campbell at cultaholic.com email me <laughs> send it me i will give you advice whether you you know i'll give you advice that you may want to hear and may not want to hear i will give you advice though and then it's up to you what you do with it to, to wrap things up here, Tom, obviously this is a massive year for uh, for wrestling coming to, to the UK. Uh, we've got Money in the Bank next month. We've got uh, All In uh, the, the month after that as well. How busy are you going to be expecting to be uh, in that? And are you happy enough that all that's happening this year so you can focus on your wedding next year? <laughs> um, it's busy. Yeah, this is busy. This is a busy time for us. It's It's exciting. It's an exciting time, but we've had numerous meetings now about how we are going to maximize what we do because it's easy just to assume, oh, okay, we'll just all go to London. It's not how it works. Cultaholic has an audience that is worldwide. And all of us just going to watch a show and then coming back and talking about it just isn't going to cut it. So therefore, we've had to split the team. We've got a team that is going to London to be a part of the media presentations and the media junkets and do videos out and about and around the O2 and Wembley for all in for both of those. And we've got a team that are going to be based here at Cultaholic as well, because genuinely there's a lot of stuff that we can do quicker if we're not there. Like the, mm-hmm. the we like there'll be there's videos that we put out after pay-per-views 
which are which are recaps of the pay-per-views and the trick is that we get those out really quick and if we were in the in the arena for all out we wouldn't get them out as quickly <laughs> we just wouldn't <laughs> we, if, we, if we were if we were off site we wouldn't do so we we have the team split down the middle so it's it's a uh, it, it's two quite thin teams and, and trying to build these two projects around a normal working week as well, which will involve uh, at least 30 news, vid- at least 30 videos going up with a team of editors behind the scenes. Uh, it includes um, a week which includes like 11 podcasts, which will go out across our podcast feed as well. Uh, it's a week which will include, probably include 200, 300 articles for Cultaholic.com. So we're, we're cramming all that in around the 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 coolest time to be a british wrestling fan which is both wwe yeah. and aew doing these massive events that will be doing live reactions and predictions and um and and, and video and news videos after the fact as well so we're mm-hmm. managing it we're excited but like you say i am glad that it's all happening in the year before i get married because <laughs> i get all that out <laughs> of the way then i could then once it's all done i can go right i can focus on on the wedding. And also, you know what? It's nice to have the extra work, you know, got a wedding to pay for. So it's nice to have the extra work. Well, that's, it. When. that's it. Make, making ends meet through uh, through people battering their bodies against each other. Well, listen, Tom, Absolutely. thank you very much uh, for, for chatting with me today. It's been great. I could talk to you for a whole lot longer. Uh, you mentioned your North uh, Wrestling Show. When was that happening again? North Wrestling Thunderstruck, July 15th, uh, the Walker Dome in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. It is the biggest North Wrestling show ever, as well as your favourites from North Wrestling. We have WWE legend Gangrel joining us. WWE legend Scotty nice. Too Hotty joining us. We have Joey Janella challenging for the North Wrestling Ultraviolet Championship. And we are being graced by the aggressive presence of AEW's Mercedes Martinez. It is the biggest wow. North Wrestling show ever. We reckon we can get a thousand screaming North faithful bottoms into the, into the Walker Dome. <laughs> <laughs> for Thunderstruck and we'd love for you to be a part of it July 15th in Newcastle upon Tyne in the Walker Dome northwrestling.co.uk let's pack that building let's raise the roof I'll see you there you know I would have swore that mean Gene Okerlund is stood right next to you put that cigarette out So thank you once again to Tom Campbell of Cultaholic. Uh, as you have heard him there, if you're in the, the Newcastle area, go and see that North uh, Wrestling show that he was talking about. It's got Scotty Too Hotty, Gangrel, uh, and Tom himself doing commentary on it. So it could be one that's like up your steak, Craig, seeing as that's fairly close to where you are. Uh, we will push on and we will look to get page three filled uh, in this section of the podcast. So Stephen, I will come to you. What uh, do you think should grace the the titillating page of page three from the world of wrestling news this week? Well, um, I was going to talk about the possibility of WWE um, in negotiations with Disney. Um, the story being that um, USA and Fox have now missed the window to... Um, I think it's like to automatically renew their con- uh, contracts for to be the main TV carriers for uh, Raw, SmackDown, and the other frontline TV shows. That WWE, uh, WWE, 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 
Disney. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Jesus Christ, Disney. I mean, straight back to the, the full-on PG era and, uh, you know, the kind of you know, like, like peak Cena, um, like doing all the, the kid-friendly stuff. But actually, if, uh, I mean, there's no nothing concrete about it, this is all just hearsay, but actually it would mainly be on the FX network in, in America. FX, for, for those that don't know, is the cable channel that is aimed to be more adults, I Ideally, guys our age, can I twenty one to forty? Aye, that's what um, it's always done in Philadelphia. Airs and FX, uh, all that kind of UFC stuff. used to be on that channel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a show, by the way! It's always oh, Philadelphia. Also, at Atlanta. I don't know if you've ever heard of that? Where yes, Charlie's, Atlanta, yes, brilliant. brilliant, brilliant show. So there's, there's shows like that. So um, it's not going to be if it were all to happen. I don't. I wouldn't worry in thinking it's a uh, it's a swing back to the PG. And if anything, it might go to more the M rating. She so might start seeing. It's not going to be attitude era stuff again. I think those days are gone, and and the, the era. Could away with half the stuff. Aye, and the era won't start happening again. Yeah. But we might we might at least they might at least match what AEW is doing. Do more shit stuff. Get away with a bit more swearing and. Um, you know, kind of, uh, get a wee bit of edge back. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. So, you know, it, it would be a promising thing. Um, there's also a possibility the premium live events might go to Disney Plus because Disney Plus has had, you know, platforms in the past where you pay a bit extra for like a certain event. I know they, yeah, uh, like Hamilton, like I think originally that came on as like an added extra or something that you had to pay. So it could be stuff like that happening. It might, it might be they just bring the whole network onto it because Peacock, and this, I mean, that's what, that's, what it, that's what it works on uh, with Peacock, isn't it? The whole network's on there in, in the States, I think. I think it is. I don't, I don't think it, they have as much of the archived stuff on it as like what we get in the UK with like the standard network subscription because uh, I don't think the, the Peacock's got the capacity to, to hold all that library, uh, but I think there is like, a good chunk of it that's on there. Uh, and it'd be interesting to see. Like, I, I don't know about any of you guys, uh, but I find Disney Plus, while well, the programming on it is is pretty good, the user experience of of it is is bollocks. It's pretty yeah. shite. It's pretty poor. They, they do what Netflix do. They fling all the shite that they make rather than the stuff you you want. You need to dig deep to actually find some good programming and mm. good good movies. I mean, I think the best thing on Disney 
plus at the moment is Bluey. Bluey and it's a travesty. I've not watched that yet, that's but it's a travesty mind. that they they never continued the uh, the the Muppets uh, show that they have Muppets now it's called. It's it's brilliant. You know, if you are listening, and I know a lot of the guys in the Discord, I've got kids, maybe about five, six, seven year old Muppets now on Disney Plus is is cracking. Uh, you try that holiday to look for something new to watch because there's an, there's enough like dad and mum friendly stuff on it as well as like the, the kids stuff it's just it's just it's classic it's really good check out but I, I could I could definitely see WWE finding its niche on, on Disney Plus as well though you know you you look at putting them side by side with all the Marvel stuff on there you know you've got your, you've got your intergalactic superheroes and then you've got your your wrestling yeah, superheroes you, you on can there. just so see like fit. Roman Reigns in an advert with Thor or something like that try to pun British mm. Mobile or, or something uh, like that. that, that I mean, and Triple H <laughs> and Stephen McMahon, they've made no secrets. They want a relationship with, with Disney. Triple H is even on record as saying, I want WWE to be as big a brand as, as Disney and, and Star just, Wars. It just opens them up to a whole host of possibilities Aye. by joining it. So, yeah, like... Yeah, even just a global subscriber reach, you know, like you were talking about there, Chris, like getting added on as the premium live events being added on as a bolt-on. You know, like it's just going to bring them in more revenue. And can you more imagine, like, going to Disney? Can you imagine going to Disney World in like five year time and going on some of the roller coaster that takes you through Roman Reigns mouth? <laughs> that big CGI thing it's like, oh, uh, like, like, like an Undertaker, an Undertaker three D ride. <laughs> I mean, like, like at Halloween time and all that. Like that would be like perfect. Rick Flair, Rick Flair, oh. Space Mountain. <laughs> Rick Flair, Space Mountain, Under Undertaker's haunted mansion. Uh, Hornswoggles, that's a small world. Um, uh, what else you got there? Uh, um, uh, what other good ones? Uh, Mizzy's Massive Balls at Epcot, that'd be a good one as well. See, here's another game we could play, just just naming like, Disney affiliated. Uh, that could be stuff. the next pun. That's a good show. It mm-hmm. could be, it could be. Uh, so I, that's a, a good shout for page three there, Steve. Craig, I'll come to you. See if you can you can oust it. Yeah. Again, I felt as if the action in the ring was pretty poor this last week. There was a lot of strong storyline building outside of the ring, and one of the little things that was dropped in was on SmackDown. Paul Heyman books a US Championship match for Jey Uso in the main event, right? Geo show didn't actually commit as to whether or not he was going to stay in the bloodline, right? Which was great because you didn't know what was going to happen in the match that I spoke about earlier. Watch it back and you see the way it ends, you still don't have an answer. It's building a bigger and better segment. But one of the things that happened throughout the night was a wee backstage promo by Sami Zayn, right? Now, Sami Zayn cuts this incredible promo. If Sami Zayn's just got this way, this knack, sometimes. Sometimes, like, when he speaks, if he was a wee bit more pompous, he'd have been a Damien Sandow-type character, right? But he did a fantastic, fantastic promo, reminding Jay that Roman Reigns has tried to put him against his own brother the same way that he's doing with Jay and Jimmy. So he was basically saying, Roman Reigns put me against my brother and Kevin Owens, and he's going to do you the same with Jay and Jimmy. He's getting no loyalty. But at some point, in the past two shows where, where Kevin Owens has been on, 
And by the way, I think Kevin Owens is probably the best thing to watch in wrestling right now with the hothead persona that he's um, got when he goes in the rant. It's very Vince Vaughn-esque. Remember when Vince Vaughn says something and he goes, sorry, you guys had it? Kevin Owens is like that, except a wee bit, obviously more angry, um, as he's shown when he set up his match with Imperium and stuff like that. But there's been a couple of times where Sami Zayn said something and Kevin Owens is just throwing that side eye. So my bit of sort of gossip is... Um, from what I'm seeing on these promos, is it going to be the end of the line soon for Kevin Owens and for Sami Zayn? Mm-hmm. Is that the culmination of the Bloodline storyline in terms of the Usos and Zayn and KO? Does KO turn on Zayn because Zayn's been trying to get the Usos to leave and he's been focusing too much, feels a bit left out, turns, attacks him and fucking flings him into the edge of the apron um, for the I, 900th time in his career. I really, really hope not because my dream ending for WrestleMania 40 is Sami winning the world title and Kevin winning the WWE title and they, they do the Eddie Benoit um, uh, hug at the end of the, the tape. I'd love it to go on. I think I'm, I'm glad you said hug there. <laughs> <laughs> not, not tug. Um the 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 thing the thing when you're when you're watching it like again I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are two of the most entertaining people and like I could just watch clips of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn doing promos all day long you know mm. because they've got it they've got their act now down to a T where Sami Zayn is the reasonable elegant can I speak can I say my point calm down calm down Kevin mm. you know watch after your blood pressure and then you get Kevin sort of blowing up it's the it's the vintage double act it's like in football when you get the tall man and the short man up front. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, Sami Zayn's <laughs> flicking them on. <laughs> Sami Zayn's Sami Zayn's flicking them on, and Kevin Owens is just battering it in the back of the net. So that's my wee bit of gossip that I'd be I'd be watching out for over the next couple of weeks on the on the TV um, on the, the promos when you've got them on. Watch the little side eyes, the little details that these two unbelievable professionals who have been doing this for years, so they know each other. They'll have the story already booked. They'll have went to Triple H and said, "Look." here's how we split up and here's how we do it mm-hmm. long term. Because I do think that Triple H is a fan of the long term booking. I think that with him in charge, you're going to get a lot more sort of elongated storylines with a more satisfying payoff. You know, I'd like to think that they stay together for for like the year the, the, until next WrestleMania. But the way I see it, I reckon you'll see them maybe Royal Rumble against each other. January time. I, I hope... If they are going to like put them together as as frenemies or, or however they're going to frame it, as a lot longer than that, I'm enjoying, you know, all the wee elements of it just now. And that that wee bit of intrigue with with Kevin getting getting uh, pissed off, you know, you can eke that out for the, as long as you want on there. Yeah. But I just like the the whole just keeping them together as long as possible is is always going to be money. You know, I used I used to say when I was doing wrestling training and, you know, doing like tape study and stuff like that, I would love to have the this kind of chemistry in the ring with anybody to the level that Kevin and Sammy have it, whether it's yeah. as pals, whether it's going against each other. You know, I, I, they, they've got better chemistry than some couples that I know. You know, that, that's how, you know, attached at the hip they, they've been, you know, for, for such a long time. And, you know, it's, it's hard to see where their careers end apart from with each yeah. other, whether that's, you know, going out, one of them going out in the back to the other, or if they, they go off into the sunset yeah. together, they, they're an amazing team, regardless of whether they're fighting or, or, or they're together. Uh, it's why I, I, I love them so much, and I think why wrestling's 
generally love them. They are living or they are experiencing all of our dreams. Two best pals since childhood, like being tag team champions together, breaking into the business together, signing for the the biggest company in the world at the same time uh, together. And it's why, I, as I just said, I really, really want them to do it at WrestleMania 40. Both of them get get the world titles uh, on the same night in Philly, the the hardcore uh, wrestling town where both of them uh, kind of cut their teeth in Ring of Honor and, and other promo- promotions like that. CCW, I think it's Sammy, had, had a period there as well. So, like, you know... I don't know. I don't think it will happen. But look, if if I had a chance to talk to Triple H, like, please do that ending, please. WrestleMania for a land a landmark WrestleMania at Philly. Twenty years since the Eddie Benoit moment, which is the last time we saw something like that. Two lifelong mates fulfilling the dream together. Please let that be the WrestleMania ending. They've 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 talked, about, they've talked about they've talked about like there's been all sorts of theories about WrestleMania revenge and stuff like that for. Um, between KO and, and Sami Zayn, because like if, if you remember, they, we did the they did the, the ladder match where Zack Ryder ultimately won it, um, mm-hmm. and, and KO was the champion. But right, you know, it's an early point in the match. Sami Zayn put Kevin Owens out of action by doing a suplex off the no off the ladder. You know what I mean? And like Kevin Owens is one of these guys that's really really good at doing the sort of callbacks to these sort of things. You know, I hold the I you know, so he, he spent most of his time really feeling down, look down on Sammy, you know, and like, you know, never really forgiving him on anything, so I don't know, did they, did they do that? What I would love to see is, right, I'd love to see like a, if they do become a rivalry at some point in the future, I'd love just for one match, right, let's get El Generico in there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't like, like, it depends on his contract status, you know, because he's not been seen for a good couple of years. He's, seen, and, he's, uh, he's the hottest free agent, but like, could you imagine? I mean, let's let's just say, for example, like they go down a feud, you know, Sami Zayn goes nuts because Kevin Owens does something and, you know, he's he's constantly interfering the matches to the extent where he gets re- removed and banned from the arena in that old scenario that if Sami Zayn turns up this evening, he's going to get arrested. And he'll never wrestle. And then Kevin Owens is having a fight against fucking El Generico turns up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do it on a roll uh, or a smackdown. How funny would that be? Similar to when Hulk Hogan was uh, Mr. Patriot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The Patreon, it's just something like that. Just, yeah. I mean, you could go down the rabbit hole with the possibilities for the two, but yeah. Back to the original point, they're going to turn at some point. I think it's going to be Kevin Owens turning on Zayn. Just watch out for the little Easter eggs, the little side eyes, the little looks, the little reviews looks, um, and I think it's sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, that they're going to split. Well, from Kevin Owens turning on Sami Zayn to us turning to page three, which is going to have on this occasion. WWE possibly going to Disney uh, and the headline for that this week uh, I am going to give that a whole new world <laughs> Wrestling Federation, Entertainment whatever you want to call it, I'll, I'll work out the, the ending of that, but that, it'll be something like that a whole a whole new world brackets Wrestling <laughs> Entertainment is the headline Right, so we are going to go on to the TV picks now and now, as we know on the daft sheet, I'm the editor Craig, you had given me uh, your choice of going back and watching uh, the the run up to SummerSlam with Cena and CM Punk, which is uh, you know a great pick. I go back to that at least once a year. Oh, sorry, Money in the Bank. Sorry, uh, Money in the Bank. Going back to 
come got up to money in the bank. Uh, and uh, Stephen, you had mentioned Dark Side of the Ring with the, the Magnum TA stuff. I'm going to veto both of them. I'm going to veto both of them, right? Mm-hmm. And here's why, right? For weeks, I've been, since we started doing this the, this podcast, I've been wanting somebody to talk about, I think you should leave with Tim oh, yes. and Netflix. But nobody, nobody, nobody's brought it up. I know it's been in the Discord, on the Wrestling Daft Discord. Uh, but I, I watched the whole series of it uh, last week. And the amount of wrestling, the, the wrestling related, but not necessarily wrestling stuff in it, is class. Yep. It's class. Uh, so I'm, I, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna overrule both of you. you know, I'm, I'm not mad. That, that's so a, I'm, I'm, it is a brilliant, brilliant show. <laughs> Tim Robinson is, he's a god. He's fucking brilliant. I, I, I spoke about. I spoke about Muppets now earlier. Tim Robinson looks like if you shaved Kermit. <laughs> he looks he look he, he looks like Kermit's uh skeleton. Like he's he's just he just he just he, he looks hilarious and he's obviously a massive wrestling fan and the fact that he he brings wrestlers into so many different sketches. Uh this this particular series, season three of uh, of it, there's a great sketch. Uh, that Zach Kanan is in, who, if you watch Ted Lasso, he's uh, the the Nigerian prince that tries to buy uh, Sam Obasanya. Uh, oh. He he's in it, and he uh, he's open he's opened this uh, park specifically for people to propose <laughs> to the the better halves in it. Uh, but what he's done, and he's made he's made the ground too spongy. So essentially, he's created the best wrestling thing in the world. So anytime anyone's trying to propose. The uh, the big uh, the big moment is being interrupted by wrestlers like Toilet Truck coming in and battling fuck out of people, uh, and to 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 which uh, to which Zach Kanan's character gets really really distressed about it, saying he, he hopes that Toilet Truck dies. Uh, is it King King Larry? Yes. King Larry. Uh, he saw it. King Larry's also the scarecrow because he saw him getting changed, and the man's got the reddest penis in the world. It looks like it's about to pop. Uh, just so so much so much random stuff random stuff in it again if you watch uh, I think you should leave you would get that, that reference as well uh, but not only that there's a, a cracking sketch about paying it forward that features uh, Arvin Stevens better known as Damien Sandow uh, in it as well and I think uh, Brody King was in uh, an episode in the last series of it and there's a wee sketch on Netflix as a joke. Uh, of uh, Tim Robinson playing a wrestler who's talking about you know in his next match he's gonna he's gonna knock fuck out the his opponent and then it's always you know the bell rings and it's like what happened there oh he beat me it was the better guy and it just keeps going yeah, on it's and basically, on and it's on. basically a part of so, the, the uh, Jeff Farmer promo. Yep, that, that's that's exactly I couldn't remember the the boy's name there, uh, but yeah, uh, it, it, no, it's it's, it's so man. good it's that's so brilliant. good. What what <laughs> what? Uh, and it's just like the the most. Even taking the wrestling stuff out of it, the 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 way that Tim Robinson takes all the sketches in it, you th- you think it's going to go one way, and that you know he's he's loud the paper, you know when you think you've you know all the answers, he right. changes the question, kind of thing. That's that's how the sketches are. I mean, there, there's one uh, in the new series. What's the one that I'm thinking of? Where it's a a, a guy's pretending to throw water at someone. <laughs> Because the, they get the guy that's running the, the training session says that they're, they're mortal enemies, so he keeps pretending to throw water, and then out of nowhere, this other guy comes in, throws an actual glass of water over them, and then has a, a mental breakdown in the middle of the class. And there's other stuff that's that's a lot funnier than that sounds. 
But yeah, if you are interested in television shows that have a bit of wrestling in them but aren't fully focused on wrestling, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson as this week's Daft Sheet TV page, what to watch, whatever they want to call it. So I'm kiboshing the two years. Not to discount that CM Punk against uh, John Cena going up to Money in the Bank. It's a fantastic storyline. Uh, just just revitalise the company of a different era, mate. But yeah, fucking get to your TV show. Let's forget the Magnum TA, the guy that was going to be the NWA's Hulk Hogan, the biggest what-if in the history of professional wrestling, has just been uh, forgotten about for a, a sketch show on Netflix. <laughs> oh. No, I actually, I, I started watching the, the Chris Candido and, and Tammy Sitch episode. Sorry, uh, sorry. I, well, I, fell, I fell asleep during it because uh, I was watching it on a bus for Dublin to Belfast at 20 past midnight on Sunday, mm. having been awake for about 36 hours. It's a really, really tough watch, and like, some of the stuff you just didn't even... Some of the stuff you obviously didn't even realise, but uh, it's just a shame, man. Just a shame. It's the first time I've ever seen Jim Cornette become emotional mm-hmm. outside of a wrestling ring, and that was the thing that really hit me was that mm. he actually genuinely cared for them. You can tell Aye. when he's talking he, he about gave, them. He gave them the mm-hmm. first break uh, as as a, as a couple, so you can see uh, why it would be. But yeah, I think, check, I think check he out. Feels, um, responsible. I think he feels responsible. Mm. He does well. So. Aye. I'll maybe go back and finish watching it uh, once uh, once I'm done editing this week's episode. Uh, but again, I, I think you should leave. Check that out, but also check out the other stuff as well. Uh, right, so we are going to move on. Now, usually this is the point where we delve into another random part of a newspaper. Uh, and this week we're going to go to the wee quiz section and we're going to have a game of wrestling Wordle. Uh, so if you don't know what Wordle is, it's something that I find very hard to pronounce. Uh, but it's also a game where you have a five-letter word and you need to guess what it is by putting letters in boxes and stuff like that. So what I've done is I have sent both Stephen and Craig uh, a wrestling-related wordle. They have six attempts to get it. So what we'll do is we'll take it and turn about. You've both got a different one, and if we need to use a tiebreaker, uh, then uh, I've got another one lined up. So what I want you to do is take it in turns to tell me what uh, what word you're putting in and what letters come up, and then you go on to the next one, and whoever gets it in the least amount of goes will win. So, Craig, I'll come to you first. I want you to, to go for your... I mean, this is brilliant audio, absolutely <laughs> brilliant audio, uh, but I want you to guess the first or, or the, the first uh, attempt at your wrestling-related wordle, five letters. I mean, is it a wrestler, or is it... So it's, it's something wrestling related. It could be a wrestling name, it could be a move, it could be a, a bit of wrestling terminology. Uh, it could be anything, any bit of paraphernalia to do with wrestling. Right. I forget what for one of sh- I'm going for shoot. S-H-O-O-T. Enter. Fuck's sake. I've got so it, one orange O. An orange O. So that means that you've got so an O in it. Bars out. Yep, oh, so nice there's... So the, the O is in there, but it's not in the space that it needs to be. Yep. Okay, right, Steve, uh, on you go. Who you want? On here. Um, I'll just say Hogan. He's just not working. Is it coming up saying uh, word is not in the dictionary? That might that sometimes happens <laughs> well, with my word and thing. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I've done again now. <laughs> So, so did Hogan come up in the, the thing, aye? Uh, or or did, 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 
did any of the letters for did the letters for Hogan fill in and let you go to the next level? No, no, no. But you'll need to find uh, something else then. Um, if the letters are grey, it means they're not in it at all, isn't it? Aye, that's what's happened. It's all grey. Aye. Oh, it's all grey. All right. Okay. Cool. Oh, aye, that makes sense because I know what yours is now. Right, Craig, on to you for round two. See, I mean, like. So again, think you know wrestlers' names, wrestling moves, wrestling terminology, and these were picked at random uh, by my daughter earlier as well. So I, I gave a list of them, uh, and, I'm and she picked go out both of them for Doink. Oh, that's a good good guess. Word not found in the dictionary. Aye, uh, because <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. Fuck's <laughs> sake! Uh, I'll go Roman. So that, like Craig, I'm gonna I'm gonna give give I'll give you a clue at each level here just to kind of speed things up a wee bit. So Craig, you have got a wrestler's name from what I remember, and Stephen, you have got a bit of wrestling paraphernalia. Sure, you're working with an audio medium, so it could be. So Steve, so you I've... got nothing in your. Stephen gets nothing in his first goal. Uh, so that f- five five letter words associated with wrestling. Uh, and in fact, I'll give you another clue, Steve. It's something that we have spoken about previously in the podcast as well. Uh, what are you looking up, Craig? We spell something. So I've I've went. My next guess was Roman. Okay, so you've got three. So you've got three of the letters of a wrestler's name, and those letters are O, M, and A. A. You get any guesses yet, Steve? For for yours. Um... I'll give I'll give you another clue then, Steve. It was one of your uh, picks from one of the pages. We we spoke about that kind of thing. Um, five letter word. This is a. <laughs> of the, uh, oh, I've got, I've got a member of goldfish. Um, well, while you're still stewing over that, Craig. You, you have your, your next guess here, if you can. You've got an O and M and an E, and it's a wrestler's name. Currently, give you a clue. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go one further. It's a res- current wrestler's surname, and where the letters are, they aren't in the, the spaces that they need to be. But I'll go. I'll let you in that they are, they are in the right order, kinda. <laughs> they, I, I, I really need to think these 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 things through. See, you that better. They're in, they're in the right order, but they're completely not. What are we doing? No, they are, they are like the, the 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 ones you've got are in the the right order. There's just another couple of letters in between some of them. Just gonna say Omas, but it's not. You're you're on the right level. You you're on you you were, I thought you were going to say it there. I'll get I'll again. I'll go further just to kind of speed this up a wee bit. He's not a WWE wrestler. And Steve, with yours, uh, oh, uh, they're shiny and new. So yeah, I put belts there. Right. Belts, very oh, close right. to belts. You should have a few letters right, so in there. Oh, yeah, uh, yours, yours is he's, he's part oh, of the elite. <laughs> okay. 
Steve, oh, who, what, what did you cool. get, Steve? Omega. So how how, how many of uh, those did you uh, down uh, you, Steve? Five. Five. So you got t- you get title yeah. in five, Craig. How many did you get a Megan? Four. Because I got Craig. Shoot, doink, Jeez. Roman, Omega, and a lot of clues on the other. And what what were your guesses, um, Steve? Hogan, Roman, <laughs> women. Because <laughs> I thought maybe we were talking about the women's title, and then uh, belts. Because you said some shiny, obviously belts. And then uh, give me ELT so title. Good, but. Uh, Craig, you got there marginally quicker with your, your four, so you win that round there uh, of Wordle, which we're not going to do it again because <laughs> that was painful, I'm not going to lie. And apologies to the listeners, uh, I need to rethink what my games are going to be. At least it wasn't a Sudoku, it wasn't, it wasn't you know, anything you know numerical that we had to, to go through on it. Uh, but we got there in the end, uh, so Craig, you take the, uh, the quiz page in this week's daft sheet. So, after that anticlimactic ending to the podcast, uh, we will run back through the, the headlines that were made. Uh, so for the front page, the death of the, the Iron Shake gave us fuck the Grim Reaper jabroni in the ass, uh, which went to, to Craig DL. Uh, the back page went to Stephen Roach's uh, favourite match of the week, uh, which was Orange Cast Day against Swerve Strickland, which we had as Orange crushes Swerve to retain international title. Uh, the quiz, uh, sorry, the page, page three, uh, that went to uh, WWE going to Disney Plus potentially, uh, which was a whole new world wrestling entertainment. Uh, and the television pages, I say, I kind of that and went with, I think you should leave. Uh, but taking the uh, the final round of uh, questioning with the the awful, awful game of Wordle was Craig DL. So it's been a mixed bag, mixed bag of a daft sheet this week. But thank you for listening anyway. I have been uh, Chris Jack. Stephen Losh has been Stephen Losh. Craig DL has been Craig DL, but it looks like he has been cut off on the internet. Uh, thanks again to Tom Campbell for listening. You know, if you've managed to get this far and you've enjoyed it, uh, like and subscribe to us uh, on whatever uh, networks you're listening on. Sign up to the Patreon so you can get into the Discord and you can give me abuse in there as to what you think of uh, the podcast. And however you enjoy your wrestling in the next week, make sure that it's daft. Make sure that it's shitty. Up the road. Up the road.